Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to the extended break back in the game edition of Outside the Sheds. Now, Shedheads, I know deep down you were checking the internet, you were checking post offices around the world, you were looking to see where their signs posted, have you seen this man? He's missing. This, this key part of my life once a week is not there. The Shed Adamas didn't let me know he wasn't going to be here last week. The Shed Adamas didn't say that he was taking a sabbatical. He didn't say that he was going to try to t- choke on a turkey drumstick. He didn't say any of this. I just know I went to listen to my new episode of Outside the Sheds, and there's nothing. Nothing at all. And Shedheads, I apologize. I know we all need to have a little bit of spice in our lives to, to, to kind of keep it going. You know, I don't want to talk about what mommy and daddy might be doing in the bedroom, but we got to have spice. And I think a little spice was just added last week when you didn't know what the heck to make, that there was no new episode of Outside the Sheds. Well, the sabbatical's over, Shedheads. Just like the boys and the young ladies are getting ready to hit the pitches and the grounds all across the Southern Hemisphere. We're starting. We're beginning our our push into the 2022 season. Before Christmas, I know. But we're going to do it. And we're going to do it together. And it starts with this episode of Outside the Shed. So welcome back, Shedheads. Missed you guys. Uh, I I think I only might have put on three, maybe three to five pounds. Over this uh, holiday break, if you don't know, I think most of you do, even if you aren't Americans, we had our Thanksgiving holiday where we sit around a table and eat a bunch of food we normally don't eat any other time of year. But for some reason, it's supposed to make us feel bonded in one. That's right, Thanksgiving. A holiday that I don't even know why we celebrate it because we should be thankful every day, but we do. As human beings, we also we always have to have that one day we have to remember, St. Valentine's Day, uh, our birthdays. Uh, you know, we have to have that day to say, this is why we're doing it today. But then we're done after that. So, I had a good Thanksgiving holiday. I noticed that people are still insane out there on the roads driving. Uh, and I don't wish that upon anybody. I don't know how coming out of COVID, everyone's driving 10 miles per hour faster, but that's me. I... I don't know. I, I've always, I'm never a guy that ever looks at my speedometer. I'm the guy that just kind of keeps up with the flow of traffic, right? So uh, when people are blowing past me and I know I don't go slow, let me put it this way, it's, it makes me worry a little. But uh, anyway, made it back safely. And I'm really excited to start this, this uh, after Thanksgiving break, the break into the new season. So let's go into our 4020. And a guy that's never had a problem having a good time, a guy that has always been considered one of the practical jokers of the NRL, but a hell of a player too, Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith has been the talk of the NRL world over the last, I guess, two weeks, maybe right up to the point where uh, we were about ready to go into this break. But Brandon Smith has been on this country tour of 
where he's going to exper- he's going to take his career. If he's going to leave the Melbourne Storm, if he's going to stay there, uh, you know, what is he going to do? And so he's been kind of going on this Rolling Stones tour of Australia and looking at clubs and giggling and smiling and laughing and being wined and dined and all so forth and so on and so forth, whatever you want to say. And, you know, he visited the Dolphins. You know, he's been everywhere. But then all of a sudden it breaks that two guys got a hold of him. Those two gentlemen would be Nick Politis and Trent Robinson. And if you know anything about the NRL and the clubs in the NRL, you know these two figures right now are two of the most powerful figures in the game. Because when the Sydney Roosters get you in their crosshairs, you're usually not pulling out of that. That's usually going to be a kill shot. You're going down. And it makes it seem like this is the case with Brandon Smith. Because all of a sudden, Brandon Smith does an interview. And he says he cannot wait to try to win a premiership in a tricolors jersey. Hashtag Roosters jersey. Now... When a guy is still under contract for another year with a certain club who's a rival of the club you're talking about, that's not going to go over well. That's bad enough. But also in interviews, Brandon Smith has also talked about the drinking culture of the Melbourne store and how it bonds and how the guys, you know, even even he says Cameron Smith likes a beer every now and Yeah, he likes his beer. Well, I listen, I think a lot of people are, are in uproar about this whole drinking culture uh, at the Melbourne Storm and the bonding that goes over. But if you've ever played a sport and you were old enough to drink, and let's be honest, sometimes not even old enough to drink, those are the best times with you and your mates. When you're able to just cut loose, you find out so much about people because the guard is down. Um, it's, it's, it's called bonding moments. And it's, it's a different than you guys doing tasks-oriented drills or let's build a TP and do it together as a, as a, as a group-building exercise. Now, group-building exercises happen when everybody's guard is down, when your hair's let down a little bit, even if none of us or some of us don't have much of it on top of our head. That's by choice, but still. That is when that type of stuff happens. That's when those experiences happen, is when you come together in camaraderie. So to me, Brandon Smith didn't say anything that all of us don't know. There's not one club that doesn't have great sessions when they go out together and just let loose and drink and all that type of stuff. Now, you don't want anybody to get alcohol poisoning, and you don't want probably other substances to be included in these outings, even though we know that that happens. But I don't think he said anything that was so off base that, that I, I think what happened was he let out a secret to the people that don't pay attention to the game or haven't played sport in their entire life. But I have no problem with it whatsoever. Uh, you know, these are grown men. As long as they're not drinking and driving when they leave the occasion or going to uh, barbecues uh, during a lockdown, you know, I don't have any problem with that. I do have a little bit of concern about Brandon Smith saying that he wants to win a jersey in the tricolors uniform. But here's the thing about Brandon Smith and about players like him and 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 Cameron Munster and some of these characters like this. One of the reasons we love them so much is because they speak their mind. One of the reasons we love them so much is we don't know what they're going to say. 
And so you can't you can't get outraged when he says something that you don't like when that's part of what you love is that he speaks from the cuff. He just says it how it is, right? And it is looks like it's it's an impending deal. Like this is going to go down. He is going to be a rooster in 2023. So much so that there's talk that the the storm who now feel like they've been violated, that their secret is out, uh, that he that there's a breach, that he shouldn't have done this, the code, all this type of stuff. There's even talk that that allegedly the storm approached the Tigers about taking Brandon Smith off their hands for one for on a once year excuse me on a one year deal to take him up until the 2023 season when he would play with the Roosters, which to me is insane to think about. Because, don't forget, they got in this situation with them two years, you know, two years ago. So, I don't know why you want to do that again. And it, and it looks like Tim Sheens' voice in the room is actually now becoming a voice that as, as people that follow the Tigers will say has been needed for so very, very long. And he kicked that back because the Storm are asking for a player that, you know what, they get their hooks into a guy, maybe they don't give him back. Maybe it becomes a difficult situation. All of that. So that looks like it's going to fall through. Brandon Smith is not going to go to the Tigers. But it does look like he could be heading towards an early release from the Melbourne Storm. Which to me is is really almost unthinkable because I know what he provides to that club. I know their feelings are hurt because he did promise that before he signed any type of deal that he would give them a chance to match it. But as we find out even here on the landscape of our sports over here in America, yeah, whatever. That backroom, backdoor, a gentleman's code handshake usually uh, gets thrown in a fire that people are warming their backsides to, if you know what I mean. So... You know, I have no problem with it. You wish people kind of followed what they said they were going to do. But, you know, in all forms of business, that just doesn't happen. And it's no disrespect to anybody. It just doesn't happen. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think this is a done deal. I think he will be a rooster in 2023. I don't. I think that the contract just hasn't been 100% released and told how long it is and how much it's going to be for and all that type of stuff. But I am very interested to see what he does bring to the Roosters, and how he becomes a Rooster man. Because one thing that we know, there's been a lot of wild childs, wild kids, wild children, wild boys, no, let's not, um, that have gone to the Roosters, that have found themselves, and have grown up, and have learned from their experience, and have a very, very fond place in their hearts for how the Sydney Roosters culture uh, has changed them um, and, and what it brings to them and, and, and how prideful they are of that jersey and how they stay entwined with the, with the club after that. You know, I, you know, I still think of a, a vision I saw of Todd Carney uh, when he was working out, uh, you know, when he was trying to figure out what he was going to do. He was still working out in Roosters shorts. So I don't think that once you're a Rooster, you ever – you're ever anything else. You know what I'm saying? I think you might put on another jersey, but I think you're a rooster through and through until the day you die. Um, once you get into that room and you and you learn about that and you feel that culture. So I am very, very curious to see what this culture does to Brandon Smith. Um, does it change the way that he approaches his public speaking, the way he does interviews, the way that he conducts himself in some ways? 
but I hope it doesn't change him so much that we don't we lose that guy that I think so many people are fond of because of his wombat tendencies. So, the other big thing that is going on right now, and, and you're going to have to bear with me, Shedheads, on this one, because the moves that have taken place just in this last week and a half, two weeks, uh, since my hiatus, uh, I'm going to go over these, and it, it is, it, it's almost, it's almost too much, but that's one of the things we love about this, is the new, the new adventures, the new, the new guys with clubs, and and what you you know that how is this going to springboard your club maybe to a better season and how it might hurt a club from a guy leaving all that type of stuff so let's start with here's a big thing the thing that a lot of people are worried about is the crumbling of the eels and i'm not saying they're crumbling but there are some guys that have left there that are really starting to make people a little concerned uh reed money four-year deal with the bulldogs again gussie gould continues to get in there and to rebuild the dogs into the dogs of war that they might have been in the past. I, I, Of all the clubs coming into the 2022 season that I am most eager to watch to see the change and the transformation, the Canterbury Bulldogs to me are the number one team on the list. They're easily the number one team on the list. What they're going to do with the pieces that, are, that they've acquired and that they're putting into place and under the tutelage of Gus it's going to be fascinating to see what happens there so uh, another big big haul Uh, this is uh, a four-year deal for him so he's going to be there a while so congratulations to him another team that has been making some moves and I just mentioned his name I think it has all to do with Tim Sheen's I think that Tim Sheens will look at a guy. He'll know what that's going to bring to the organization, to the Tigers, and he's going to go after him. But this has been a big, big haul. They get Appy Curacao from the Penrith Panthers uh, starting in 2023 on a two-year deal. And I think we know the wiliness of Appy Curacao. I think that's a big, big, I think that's a big get. I think the spine of the Tigers is being reformed. And you know me, I think one of the, the, the things that will hold them back, they need to get rid of and, and start fresh and start new is Luke Brooks. Hasn't happened yet. Um, but, you know, there's even been rumblings that, that, that Kieran Foran might be coming to the Tigers. And I know that this might just be, um, you know, some rumblings. But I really think that there is going to be a, a totally different spine for the Tigers for the 2022 season. Um and if it isn't for the 2022 season, for the 2023 seasons, I think for sure it's a done deal. I think Luke Brooks uh, will find his way to Newcastle one way or the other. Um, but Appy Curacao, I, I think, is a huge get. And I think maybe the beginning of, like I said, the Tim Sheens era being uh, chimed in with the West Tigers. Blake Braley, uh, the Sharks keep their man. Uh, they keep the young... The young hooker uh, till 2026. Wade Egan, who had a really good season with the Warriors, signs an extension till 2024. I would say this is kind of going to be Wayne Bennett's first big haul, but Felicia Cafusi, three-year deal starting in 2023. You know, he's currently with the Storm, but he is going to be playing flipper uh, in 2023. He's going to be up with the Dolphins. Christian Welch. As you can guess, one of the one of uh, uh, Bellyache's favorite players uh, is going to he is signed an extension. Will be with the Storm till 2025. 
Jaden Sullivan, the young gun for the Dragons, has signed an extension. He's at he's signed now until the end of 2025. Now, some rumblings again out of Tigers camp is about uh, Luciano Lelua being disgruntled and wanting out. And I know he wanted an early release because he does not want to play under uh, you know the current coaching staff. We won't say names right now because who knows how long they're going to be there. But um, Madge has kind of, how should I say this, pushed all of the Leilua family uh, in the wrong areas and they're not happy. So he wants out and, he, and it looks like he's going to get out. I don't know if he's going to get out early, but he has signed a three-year deal with the Cowboys starting in 2023. And then now we have some movement. We have players that have fallen on tough times in the NRL that have seen greener pastures other places. And these two guys, I think, could be two defining pieces that get them over the top. And what I'm saying is Dylan Napa on a two-year deal and Tyrone May on a one-year deal have both signed with the Catlins Dragons and are going to be following Mitchell Pierce over to the south of France. And I think those two players could be key because with Mitchell Pierce, drink water in the halves, and now having Tyrone May to fill in, a, a, a utility guy that can play in the halves, he can play at center, he can even play at back row if he needs to. I think that's a huge gift for them. And I know Steve McNamara has got to be over the moon with this, with this roster he's putting together for the Catlins Dragons to make their push. Because you have to understand, Catlins now is not the only team from France that are going to be in the Super League next year. Toulouse is going to be there. So... They're not just the team of France anymore. There are two French teams in the Super League. And I, I really think that Catlins wants to be, for sure, the first French team to win the Super League trophy, to win the championship, to win the premiership. And they know right now that window could be about a maybe a three-year window that they have, two to three years, uh, with Mitchell Pierce still playing really good footy. Uh, and with you know Tyrone May, who's only signed a one-year deal, but I just think with if, if Napa can find, if Dylan Napa can find that fire in his chest again to play like he did when he was back with the Roosters, I think this Catlins team is easily the favorites going into next season to win the Super League. Joey Manu. Joey Manu, who there was rumblings that the Warriors had offered him a million dollars a year contract. All these big names and big numbers and all the pull to get Joey Manu out of the chooks. What did I tell you about Nick Politis? He also doesn't lose players that he wants to keep. So Joseph Manu, an extension with the Roosters until the end of 2024. So the Roosters keep their man. Now the question is, there had been talk that, that Joey Manu wants to play in the halves. And I find that hard to believe with, with, with Hollywood Walker and uh, Luke Keery in the halves right now. I just don't see Joseph Manu being able to slot in. Not that he doesn't have the talent to play in halves. I just think that he's a better center at this current juncture of his career. And I do think Luke Carey and, and Walker are a... On paper, they look like they're going to be a great halves combination. There is no guarantee. They haven't played together. So we don't know if that's the case. I know they will be maybe the smallest halves combination in the pack. But I don't see Joseph Manu unseating one of those two players in the halves but he must see enough that he's excited to still put on the tricolors and to be considered a chook until the end of 2024 and then 
the big one, the captain, the Guthrino, Clint Gutherson. There was big talk that he wanted to be a million dollar a year player. Well, it doesn't look like it's going to be that. We're looking maybe at 770000 a season. But Gutherson has kind. Gutho has re-signed with the Eels till the end of 2025. So the Eels do at least keep their captain. Uh, I would say the lifeblood of their team, the guy that I think they feed off their emotion more than any other player. But congratulations to all these players finding new homes, finding new money. I think that's always big, finding new money. Um, but uh, some big, big moves, big, big moves. Now, I also don't want to forget about some of the moves that are going on over in the Super League. I told you about Catlin's big signings. But Richie Myler, a guy that I've watched, who's actually been a Catlin's Dragon, uh, has just signed a an extension with the Leeds Rhinos that's going to keep him with the Rhinos till the end of 2024, um, which will probably be his last contract because Richie Myler is 31. So you're talking another three seasons, two and a half, three seasons, uh, which will get him close to 34 years of age. Um, and I, it'll probably be time. We'll see, Who knows now? Athletes nowadays are playing way longer than they ever did 10, 15, 20 years ago. So who knows how much time Richie Myler has left. Hopefully he stays healthy and can play another contract past this point. But the only thing we do know for sure, he has signed a contract extension with the Leeds Rhinos. Now, we try to stay positive in the beginning of this. You know, whenever you can talk about the Wombat and some of these moves like that, it's always positive. But we also have to talk about the reality in sports. And that is that, thank God, let's be honest, we have not had a lot of crazy off-field situations in this offseason with any type of police problems or anything like that. But we still are having to take care of situations that are still on the table that did happen that players have to answer for. And Anthony Milford is one of those players right now. As a lot of you remember, uh, or if you didn't know, Anthony Milford uh, got caught in a situation with an argument with his wife, um, and three people tried to step in, uh, and there was three counts of assault that occurred from that. And he allegedly picked up a trash can and threw it at a vehicle, causing damage, so there's property damage. Well, the NRL has stepped in, and... They have blocked the contract that Anthony Milford is signing with South Sydney, with the Rabbitohs. And they're going to block it. And they're going to block it until he goes to court and we figure out what's going on. Now, the problem for the Rabbitohs is his court date isn't a week until before the season starts. So that's a tricky situation. You know, do they really want to hold back for Anthony Milford? A guy that we know has immense talent, but also a guy who hasn't shown us talent all the time. Ask the Brisbane Broncos about this. So it is going to be very, very, very interesting to see how the Rabbitohs want to play this. And let's also think that right now, Anthony Milford's professional career is at a crossroads. It may be holding on by a thread. So I I just don't know what these guys have to hear, what they have to feel, what they have to get to get through to their thick skulls that this is a privilege playing this game. And that's just not, you know, rugby league football in the NRL or AFL football, Aussie rules football, 
or NFL football or NBA basketball. That's any professional sport that you grew up as a kid loving to play, that you're going to make multi, multi millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to play a game that you've just fallen in love with from the time you were little. That off-field indiscretions can cost you all of that. And I, I think this has happened probably for a very long period of time. The problem now is with social media and cameras on phones and a lot of things, players just can't get away with it because everybody has something on tape showing them being an utter idiot or showing that they can't control themselves. But, I'm, you know, I guess we can just wait and see this. This is going to be one of those National Geographic episodes. And that's when, I, when I say National Geographic episodes, that's like when we're in a shark cage and we're just going to watch from inside that cage of all the things that are going around on the outside. Or we're in one of those one of those blind boxes where we're just watching nature uh, happen around us. But this is a blind box situation because I think a lot of development is going to happen from this. Um, and I think it's going to happen even before case, before court happens. I think the rooster, excuse me, the rabbitos will make a decision uh, and, and we'll see what that's going to be. But um, really troubling and, and really sad for the MILF, uh, Anthony Milford. So we'll have to wait and see. So there's our bad news to end out our 4020. Now let's go on to on the mark. And yeah, I, I, I your Shed Adamus is a guy that loves history. I do like that, you know, you know, for example, over here in America, um, we get two football games on Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys are the two teams that get to host games on Thanksgiving. I have no idea why the the roarless lions uh, are afforded that, or why they have been given such an honor, um, an honor that really did, probably takes years off everybody else's life having to watch those games. But yeah, it's history, you know. It's you know I I've grown up watching lions games on that day, and I don't like the lions or the cowboys, so. You know, it really doesn't do too much for me, but I do know I'm going to get two football games, right? I'm more excited about the Egg Bowl in the evening, Mississippi against Mississippi State, because that to me is real football, because we got a, a true game of dislike. And you guys know, uh, Shedheads, how much your Shed Adamas loves rivalry hate games. Love them. Not much of a hate game this year in the Egg Bowl. You know, old, old, old Miss, Old Piss, as I call them. Uh, they took care of business and beat the Bulldogs, the boys from Stark Vegas. But what I'm trying to say is we all love our games that we know are history games, games that are just tradition, right? Well, the AFL is going to break tradition this year because they're going to start the season. The kickoff 2022 season is not going to be the Tigers and the Blues from the MCG on a Thursday night. No, no shedheads. We're going to go to a Wednesday start of the Melbourne Demons versus the Western Bulldogs March 16th at the MCG. It will not be the Blues and the Tigers that are going to kick this thing off. Even though the Blues and the Tigers are still going to play on Thursday, they're just going to start the season one day early and give it to the the reigning premiers and a, a team that I think could be a big rival of theirs going forward, the Western Bulldogs. 
So I, I have to admit, I'm just excited that, that we're talking about the start of the season already, right? But it will be strange to, to see that the kickoff is not going to be, you know, the Tigers and the Blues. And, you know, usually the Tigers have been handling that match pretty easily recently. But the Carlton Blues always find a way to make it a tough game on the Tigers that first game of the season. Because don't forget, at that time, everybody's, everybody's even on the ladder. Everybody thinks that they can win the Premiership this season. When, at this point and at that point in time. So it's usually always a pretty good game. But I have to admit, no matter what my feelings are about Richmond and, and that I do like Richmond, I am blown away about the thought of watching the D's and the dogs duke it out uh, on that Wednesday night. And I guarantee you that's going to be, if you're a footy fan, if you're an AFL fan, there's no way you're not going to find a way to watch that game. That game is going to be, um, I think it could be a pretty, pretty special uh, kickoff for 2022. So um, that is good news, and it's going to be exciting news. Different. I know different, but it's going to be nice. I also know that there's going to be all of the Melbourne teams, all the Victoria teams are going to play in Victoria that first weekend, uh, which is going to be the first time I think that's happened since 2016 that all of the teams are going to stay in Victoria and play uh, matches in the state. Uh, so that is really cool. I think that uh, the, 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 the fans of Victoria, uh, the Melbourne fans, they deserve this. And it's going to be nice for them to be able to hopefully, let's knock on wood, because we know that there is another variant getting ready to creep around the planet. It's already creeping. Uh, let's hope that that doesn't have a huge, huge setback um, for this news. Even though we know that uh, uh, our, our friends and family down in Australia and our friends and family in New Zealand, our, sh- our shed heads in those ports, they've, got, they've really taken to fighting this virus and trying to do what they need to do to keep themselves safe. Uh, so much so they're probably going to give the don't argue to Novak Djokovic's unvaccinated Serbian self uh, to stay uh, out of the country uh, during the, the Australian Open this year. But uh, I'm really excited for this upcoming season. I think it's going to be a really, really good one. Um, and, you know, what better way to see the D's and the dogs kicking it off on March 16th at the MCG. I think every code has their ups and their downs. And, you know, we've got to talk about stories that maybe we don't want to talk about from this code as well. Uh, the Collingwood Magpies have informed and rejected Jordan DeGuey in his request to rejoin the team starting December 6th to train with them. They've rejected that, and they're going to hold off and stick to their guns, saying that Degui, they're going to have to find out from from court uh, what is going on with his case before they make the decision to include him back with team activity. And I have to say, congratulations. Collingwood, nicely done. Uh, At this current time, I think you've handled the situation with Jordan Degui quite um, above board. Now I will I will also say that there's times before in the past with him you have not probably done it the right way, but you can't go back in the past and change that. What you can do, and only thing you can do, is going forward, making the right decision, and standing by that decision going forward like you are. So, no matter if his lawyer and he's a little disappointed by it, 
congratulations, Collingwood. Make Jordan face what he's done and let the courts say what they need to say. So, um, big news there. Big news. Uh, It's really nice to see clubs standing by their guns and not getting pressured and and not thinking about winning a premiership is more important than um, a player's action. Now, I'm not going to I'm not dwelling in this shitheads. I am not going to dwell on the negative. We're going to get back with the positive. Let's get back to some news that I think a lot of people, no matter if you're a fan of the Fremantle Dockers or not, it is great to see Nat Fife training with the Dockers running even though is that really Nat Fife? Because last time I checked my, the Nat Fife that I know has 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 flowing lettuce. That's you know he's tying up in a samurai bun, getting ready to 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 ride out with the Ronin. Have you seen the pictures, shedheads? Nat Fife has got a nine to fiver. He's got a business cut now. The the he sheared the locks. No more. It's nine to five, Fife. Knife to five. Knife to five. There you go. Look at that. It's the new knife to five cut. But uh, I, in all seriousness, I am just happy to see, after all the setbacks that he had with surgeries on his shoulder this offseason, um, it's just great to see that he is back. And hopefully, let's keep our fingers crossed that, that he can captain Fremantle. I know it's going to be tough. Um, he hadn't been able to run in four months. So getting those lungs back, um, it's going to, you know, these are, these are elite athletes. AFL athletes are elite. I'm saying what these guys do. Listen, there's not many other sports where they put a counter in the back of your Guernsey slash Jersey to find out how many miles you ran, what your heart rate is, all that type of stuff. It's, 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 it's off. It's, it's new world stuff. It's awesome. But what I'm saying is these guys are extreme, extreme athletes. And even though he hasn't been able to run for four months, I think that he will be able to get in the groove pretty darn quickly um, once he gets those miles back on his legs a little bit. Um, and who knows if he's going to play opening day, but I think that you're going to see him bulk back up a little bit because both him and, in other news, Dustin Martin is back training with the Tigers again. Um, but both of them look very, very thin right now. So they've got to put back on some of that muscle weight. And it'll be good to see them get back into the training and the boxing and and the lifting uh, to get them back as fit as they possibly can. Now, talking about Dusty, you know, Dusty's been doing track work now. And he is training back with the club, uh, with the Richmond Tigers. But boy, Dusty does look a little thin, doesn't he? I know he's been training boxing uh, with Sonny Bill Williams and his trainer. Um, So you expect him to have fast hands again. But Dusty's got to bulk back up because, you know, everybody knows that Dustin Martin, don't argue, is top shelf, new world stuff. And for him to be able to pull that off, he's definitely going to have to put on a, a, a little bit of weight and, and some more muscle. But uh, it's great just to see both of these players being back to where I think all of us would love to see them being back at and on. And that's on the field of play. Um, for this upcoming 2022 season and being in the best possible shape they possibly can be. So go get them, boys. Go get them and welcome back. Now that comes to a close our on the mark. Let's go into outside the bubble. And for as much as we had player movement this last couple of weeks in the NRL 
and in Super League, the movements we've had in the coaching ranks over in outside the bubble in our college football world has been insane. We had Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU and reported, and it's reported, I, I, I did not see the contract myself, Shedheads, but it's reported it's $15 million a season to be the head Tiger. And I, yeah, I'm doing the Brian Kelly right now. I'm, I'm putting me in my southern accent a little bit, you know. I'm, the, I'm your new head tiger. But uh, Brian Kelly leaving the Vatican slash Notre Dame to go and eat gumbo and red beans and rice down in Baton Rouge, well, guess what? We know he loves his wine, and I think he's going to be able to buy quite a few beautiful bottles at $15 million a year. Lincoln Riley being the first coach to leave Oklahoma to take on another position. Oklahoma is a destination gig. It is not a, 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 a job where people usually leave it once they get it. But Lincoln Riley, who does an incredible amount of recruiting in the state of California, says, why do I need to go out there and recruit when I can go out there and be the man? in the state of California, and that's what he's going to do. He has left Oklahoma. He's taken up the head coaching job for the USC Trojans. Fight on, Trojans. Fight on. Huge fan of your song, girls. Anyway, um, so Lincoln Riley with his new set of hair on top of his head because I don't think a lot of people remember what Lincoln Riley's head was starting to look like three seasons ago, and now the guy is California ready with that new set of lettuce up stop. Upstairs. Uh, so Lincoln Riley moving. Marcus Freeman, the young defensive guru that left the Cincinnati Bearcats, went over to Notre Dame. Brian Kelly brings him on to be his new DC. Well, this young new DC is now the new HC because Marcus Freeman has been named, appointed as the new head coach for the university, the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame making him only the second black coach, or as I would say, bronze coach, to take over at Notre Dame. Uh, so that's nice to see that we get a little bit of, how should I say this, a little bit of natural pigmentation in South Bend in the head coaching role. Um, so Marcus Freeman, congratulations on being the new man on campus, the big man on campus for the University of Notre Dame. And then I want to just go with, with something that I think I had not seen in, well, it hadn't happened in 10 years, but the Michigan Wolverines laying the smacketh down on the Ohio State Buckeyes 42-27. to Jim Harbaugh getting the boys in maize and blue over the top. Finally, Jim gets that victory he's been looking for and now sets up a big, big weekend of college football over here in America. Starting off here in a matter of hours, we've got, excuse me, a matter of moments, we've got the Pac-12 championship game between Oregon and Utah. That is going to be 
an off-the-hook match. It's going to be a good a good one to watch. But that's going to be crazy. Um, but it's going to be fun to watch these games. You know, we've got the Big Ten Championship, uh, which, is, which is Michigan and Iowa. The Big 12 Championship game, Baylor and Oklahoma State. Um, the SEC Championship game, Georgia-Alabama. We've just got some games. The AAC Championship, Cincinnati, the Bearcats trying to get into that playoff, taking on the Houston Cougars. Uh, and I could go on and on. The MAC Championships. That we It is championship weekend in college football. So this is going to be a, well, it's going to be a big-time money shift because things could really play out this weekend. It makes some, some really, uh, I don't know, compelling stories coming up in the next week and who knows what this with the coaching carousel is because we still have openings at Oklahoma um so we've got some some major places that, are, that currently have openings and we're expecting probably to get some more openings uh soon Bronco Mendenhall for for the University of Virginia has stepped down and is, is going to step down after the bowl game so I think there's going to be some more movement more coaches going other places so we'll have to wait to see about that. Uh, Shedheads, tonight, if you get a chance, if you listen to this live or right after this posts, we've got a big, big match between the Golden State Warriors against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, on Tuesday night, the Suns beat the Warriors in Phoenix. And now, after winning 18 games in a row, we'll see if they can go into San Francisco and beat the Golden State Warriors in their barn. So that's a huge match. There's a lot of big games coming up. And and I think you guys all know my feeling on, on sports as, as, as a whole, as in general, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just excited. Can't say that I, I, I can contain it too, too much. But Shedheads, I'm going to tell you, that's going to close out this episode of Outside the Sheds. I know with the excitement you can hear in my voice that I, I'm happy to be back with you guys with this podcast that I love so much. Um, to bring the words of the Shed Adamus to the to the to the mainstream, but um, I hope you guys are safe right now during this lead up to Christmas and this holiday season, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all of these uh, incredible holidays that we get to experience as people. Uh, hopefully, openness also goes in this. To you know, not everyone has to celebrate Christmas, just like not everyone has to celebrate Hanukkah. It is a time for us just to be with our friends and family. And to bring out the best in all of us. So uh, try to keep that in mind as we go through these crazy weeks that are leading up to these days and these these holidays. Uh, and, and try to be a little nicer on the roads and maybe to your significant others and to your kids. But until next week, Shed Adamus. Wait, excuse me. Until next week, Shedheads. I am your Shed Adamus. This is Corey Jackson. This has been Outside the Sheds. Until next week. See ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.